Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. And if you would just stay standing for just a moment, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. We're going to read this together. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It's going to be up on the screens. But let's read this together out loud and loudly. You ready? Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Let's go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And one more scripture, all right? Here we go. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says this. Let's read together. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. We got it. Here we go. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Go ahead and take a seat now. (laughs) Thank you. Something powerful about us standing together and declaring the word of God out loud. Hey, you know, these couple verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and Ephesians chapter 6, are uh, some foundational scriptures for this series that we've been in, Fight Club. We're now in week four of Fight Club. And in Ephesians chapter 6, just a couple things. Verse 10, uh, Paul says to the believers, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We know that it's not our power, it's the power of God that's in us and through us. So we can't just come and say, well, if I could just be a little stronger, muscles, you know, I'm going to work out a little bit, I'm going to be, I'll have it together. No, it's the power of his might that's in us. Verse 11, he goes on to say that he's given us armor, right? It's like a covering, it protects in that picture of armor that, Soldiers would put on to protect their body, keep them safe from other things. The Lord has done that for us. Also in verse 11, it says that we would be able to withstand against the wiles, the tricks, the schemes, the lies of the enemy, right? Because we know from the word of God that Satan does not have power over us because we have the power of God and he's given us authority, Now, the thing that happens is sometimes people give up their authority to the enemy and it allows him to come in and to weave his way in. But we know that he does not have power. He has tricks that he tries to bring. And so uh, today, again, as we're jumping in and uh, man, this Fight Club series has been powerful. If you've not been here the last couple weeks, I encourage you to go back and listen to the messages. You can get them online. Uh, on our Facebook cha- uh, Facebook page, you can also go to podcasts and a lot of different places to get it. But just very, very powerful as we've been learning about how we fight 
uh, and that we're all in a fight, whether you know it or not. You might think, no, I'm just, everything's good, I'm good right now. Well, there's still a fight going on. So we're all in a fight. And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been really focused in on the authority that Christ has given us, right? In the beginning, uh, man gave up their authority to Satan. And when Jesus came, he died, right? He died, but he rose again. And what did he do? As soon as he rose again, he gave authority back to man. So that's what Jesus has done for us. And that's what we've been looking into the authority that we have in him, in Christ. So today we're going to look a little further at that authority, but as it relates to what God has called us to, okay? What God has called each of us to, the authority that he's given us today. And so uh, the title of this message is Lanes and Levels. Lanes and Levels. Lanes and Levels, okay? And uh, for the purpose of this, a lane, we're going to talk about it in terms of our calling, what God has called each of us to. You know, he's called each of us to do something, to make an impact for him. He's given something to each of us. And it comes with finding out what our purpose is, right? Many times in life you can hear somebody say, what am I supposed to do? I just don't know what to do. And most of the time when that happens, it's somebody that doesn't know what their purpose is. They just feel like I'm out of place. I don't have what I'm supposed to have. We're going to look at it in just a moment, but Paul, the apostle, describes how he and others, they received apostleship. That was their calling. That's what the Lord had called them to do and where they were to fit in. That was what they were to do. We're also going to talk about levels, levels within our lane, and uh, a level being that grace that God has put on us. You know, it's, it might be a little bit a combination of your skills or abilities, but there's something else that comes with it, and it's a grace that the Lord puts on us, on each of us, and it's to what extent we'll be effective or to what level we'll be used within that lane that God has called us to. So in your calling, the Lord has even graced you for certain levels, certain things. And that's what we're going to look at here today. See, our, our lane and our level can change over time, but ultimately you should know that you're called to be salt and light. You're called to make a difference for the kingdom. And Paul even goes as far to say that you should just bear fruit. Sometimes people get so hung up on, well, I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, or this isn't what I wanted to do, or why don't I, I, I don't have what they have, and this and that. But we have to know that God has called us to bear fruit. So wherever he's placed you, you should be bearing fruit. You should have things coming out of your life as a result of what God is doing in you, and you've allowed him to do through you. So sometimes people can get mixed up who they are, and what they do. You ever notice that? Sometimes we ask people, oh, you know, like, uh, well, who are you? Like, you know, you're trying to gauge who is this person, who is this individual? And most of the time, people go to what they do. Oh, I work here, and I do this and that. And, and what you're really trying to get is, no, like, What's your purpose in life? Why are you on this earth? What has God called you to? And so sometimes we get that mixed up. Ephesians chapter 6, we've already read it, but verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness 
in the heavenly places. So again, we've been talking about authority, and today we want to look a little bit at how even in, uh, even in what Paul says here, there's different lanes and levels, okay? There's different structures even in the, in, in the kingdom of darkness, because Paul says here, notice there's four different things that he calls out and different levels, principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, and they're really in increasing levels. Now, we're not, we don't have time to, we're not going to camp on that today and, and work on that, but uh, for uh, this morning, part of it is to look at Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 and verses 1, but also in verse 5. So Romans 1, verse 1, and then verse 5, they say this, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel. And then verse 5, it says, through him, through Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship. Grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his Name. So Paul says this, right? If you read the story, you may be familiar that this guy, Paul, once was the name of Saul. He grew up, he was a Jew by birth, that he had become a part of the Pharisees, which was the ruling uh, party of the Jewish faith. And he was like strong. He goes on to say in other parts where he was like, I was born on this day, and this is what happened, and this went, and he just rattles it off and says, if anybody can boast about who they are, he said, I had it all. I had everything. But he comes and he says, but I, bondservant of Jesus Christ, he was called to be an apostle. See, God took Saul from where he was one level, one lane, he was going down this direction, but God said, he's my chosen instrument. He's my chosen instrument. So God took Saul put him into a different lane, put him into a different level, changed his name, and set him on a course where today we benefit from his ministry and him walking in his calling because we probably, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament, right? Paul wrote most of the New Testament, a good chunk of it at least. And so even Paul, he was in a lane and a level, but God took it and put him someplace else. So today we're going to look at five things out of this out of the, uh, Romans chapter 1 and 5. And uh, number one is this. There are different lanes and levels. There are different lanes and levels. And you might go, well, of course there are. and know that. Well, maybe you do, but I think many people do not know or they don't recognize or they can't catch that there's different lanes and there's different levels for each of us. God has something for each of us. See, different lanes and levels, we can see it both in the physical and in the spiritual, right? The last couple of weeks, we've looked in Genesis chapter 1, and verse 21, as an example, says this, so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded, according to their kind, right? They're put in a, in a grouping, according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, right? Even within birds, you look at them and you go, man, there's all different kinds, but they're all grouped in what? The bird category. They have different levels. They do different things. Some don't fly. Some do fly. Uh, some of them look funny, and other ones look cool. 
Uh, if you ever watch some of those Nature Channel shows, you get to see the beautiful colors and all that God has created. And, and so is true in the rest of creation. There is lanes and levels. There's groupings. There's kinds. And the same is true even for humankind. But also in the spiritual, Ephesians 6.12, right? We already read it. There's different lanes and levels. Also in the book of Jude, verses 5 and 6, Paul said this, but I want to remind you, or um, excuse me, the writer wrote, but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And verse 6 says this, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode. So here even we see that in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, these angels they gave up their place where they were created for, their lane, so to speak. They gave it up, and they went and followed after something different. So number one, we need to recognize that there are different lanes and levels, and we can't get caught up on what somebody else has because you're probably not graced for that, right? Have you ever tried to do anything that you go, well, I could do that, and you get in there and you go, I cannot do that, right? <laughs> it's true. We look at it and we think, well, that's what I want. I want to do that. I often say the example of uh, at points in my younger life, I thought, you know, I, I could be in the NBA, right? In the NBA, and people laugh at me and they go, come on. You're joking, right? Because the five foot five guy, he's not going to be in the NBA. So I need to recognize that. Number two today. Number two, God designed each of us to operate in a lane and level. So not only has he created those lanes and levels, that there are lanes and levels, but he's created each of us to operate in a lane and a level. See, God doesn't do mistakes. He doesn't do accidents. You know, sometimes people will go, well, I'm just a mistake. They feel like a failure. They feel like they have nothing to give. But yet God's word tells us in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So not only has he created us, but he actually wants us to walk it out. He wants us to live out what he's called us to. Also, Jeremiah verse 1, or uh, excuse me, chapter 1, verses 4 to 5 say this. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So here we read about Jeremiah. Here he is called. And the Lord says, I want you. I have a purpose for you. And before you were even born, that purpose was set up. I had something for you that you should walk in it. I sanctified. I set you apart. I ordained you. I gave you what you needed. I gave you the anointing that you need, the grace that you need for what I've called you to. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 12 to 13, and then verse 15. I'm going to read these, and it says this. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. If you want a tongue twister, just say verse 12 two times or three times. Verse 13 goes on to say this, and this is Paul. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us. A sphere, right? A place that God has placed us 
And we're not going to boast beyond that. We're not going to be going into somebody else's territory or where they're at to go like, well, you're good at that. How much better am I at that? You know, right? We look at that and we have to step back and say, no, God has placed me in a specific place. Verse 15, not boasting of things beyond measure. That is in another man's labor, but having hope that is your faith is increased. We shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. So Paul is speaking to the believers, and again, he's saying, you're part of where God has placed us. You're part of what God has called us to do, our lane, our level, where we can have influence, not negative, but from the Lord to speak life into you, to speak into you, to help you get a little farther down the road. And that is what Paul says. That's what the Lord has called us to. And so we have to be careful we don't get off into other things. But we say, Lord, I thank you what you've called me to. That's enough. I'm excited about it, right? Choose and joy. I'm going to be joyful about what God has called me, where he has placed me, and what he has uh, led me to do. Number three today, find your lane and level. Find your lane and level, then you got to get moving. <laughs> find your lane and level, and then you got to get moving. Not in your own power or on your own strength, like I'm going to save people, I'm going to do this and that, but we also have to still do something, right? We still have to use our hands and our feet, our talents, our abilities that God has given uh, so find your lane and level and then get moving. You know, again, Paul had to struggle with the same thing too. In Galatians chapter 2, we read this. He says, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or head run in vain. And he jumps uh, down just a few verses in verse 7. He says, But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to us, that's to the Gentiles, as the gospel of the circumcised for the Jews was to Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised, to the Jewish believers, also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. See, Paul had to struggle with this where other people would come in and they would try and say, yeah, Paul, he's not, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not strong. He doesn't have authority. He doesn't have this and that. And Paul's like, this is what God called me to. This is what he's this is what he's placed me on this earth to do, right? Because early on when Paul, Saul, got transformed into Paul, right? His name was changed. He got set on a different path. He first tried to go after all the Jews, right? If you read it in the book of Acts, he went and he's trying to preach to the Jews and he's trying to do this and that. And what did they do? They tried to stone him. They tried to kill him. They tried to arrest him. They tried to take him out. And finally he's like, forget you forget you, right? And he declares, he goes, I need to go to the lost people of the world, the Gentiles, because the Lord has said, we play, I placed a, a light for the Gentiles. And Paul's like, I'm going to walk in that lane. That's me. And so Paul had to find out his lane and his level. There's a couple other instances uh, at the beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verses 24 to 26. So this is just after uh, the events of 
Jesus, having died and then been buried, he rose again, and then he ascended back to heaven. And then here, these apostles are left to figure out, well, what's our next step? And the first thing they go is, well, we got to fill this empty spot that Judas left because he went to the place that he was to go to. And it says this, and they prayed and said, you, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, you show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and the apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. They cast the lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. They prayed for him. They invited him in, and they said, hey, you're part of this uh, this, this part of the ministry, that is this ministry of the gospel, the good news, but your calling is to be an apostle, to be one sent, one who is going and encouraging and lifting up and establishing some things. In uh, Romans 7, 4, Paul says, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. So he says... One, you died, now you're alive, and now go bear fruit, right? So the same thing is true for us. We have to find our lane and our level, and then you got to get going. Like, let's get on this thing. We don't have a whole lot of time, right? I remember as a kid constantly hearing, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And now only 20 years later, I'm just kidding, uh, we're... we're you know, believe that he's, it is near. It's close at hand. And so we don't have time to sit around and just breeze through life and enjoy it and just go, ah, that's great. And we should enjoy it, right? We should be refreshed. We should rest. But God has called us to bear fruit. And so sometimes people don't even know where to start. They don't know where, well, what am I supposed to do? And then sometimes they get into this cycle of, well, I just don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do, and they don't do anything. And uh, the Lord wants us to get going, and if you don't know where to go, just start somewhere. Where could you start? You could greet in church. You could greet. You could set up with parking. Um, you could, uh, you know, give a few bucks to somebody you see on the street. When the Lord says, hey, they're having a bad day, why don't you pray for them? Instead of just going by them, you go, Hey, can I, can I pray for you? I, I don't know what it is, but anything is better than nothing, right? <laughs> like, let's get going in the Lord and making a difference for him and allow him to work in us and through us. See, even here at church, if, if you're getting settled in church, planted in church, and you don't know what you're called to do, we even have something called Growing Together. It's a class we do uh, every month. And it gives you an opportunity to hear about the church and what the Lord has called us to. But there's also some spiritual gifts test and some personality or leadership style uh, surveys that we send out that you can fill out. We'd love to help you find out what you're called to. And don't worry, wherever you start is probably not where you're going to end up. Because as you jump in that lane and that level, the Lord will bring you to a new level. He'll bring you to a new place. He'll settle you where he has designed you to be. In uh, Colossians chapter 4, verses four uh, verse 17, Paul said this, And say to Archippus, so this other believer, this minister, Paul says in this letter, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. So even Paul had to take believers, people that were ministering, and he, he had to remind them, 
hey, you have a ministry, you've been called, now do it, like fulfill it, like stop waiting around, you should go in what the Lord has for you. Number four, when people lock into their lane and level, greater impact. When people lock into their lane and level, greater impact. Uh, I don't know if my son is in here. One of my sons uh, is an avid car fan and racing fan. And he watches all this stuff and these things. And uh, he often talks about a fine-tuned car, right? A fine-tuned car. They take a car and they tune it, they soup it up, they get it ready, and it, it's a vehicle that might go zero to 60 in 20 seconds. And by some tweaks in the car, they can get it where it's like that in five seconds or six seconds. They, they tune it, and it gets it to the place where they're maximizing the power, the thrust, the ability of that vehicle uh, to, to get going. And so the same is true for us in the kingdom when we're doing what God has called us to do, what he's designed us to do, and when we lock into it, not just like, okay, I'm going to do this because it helps out. No, when you're all in and you go, this is what God has called me to. This is what I know I've been graced to do. When you get into it, greater impact. Greater impact in church, in your community, in your school. If you're, if you're school age, don't dismiss who you are and what God has called you to. He's, he's placed you there for a reason, to make impact, to, to see other people come into the kingdom, to be fully established in the Lord. And so uh, the book of Philemon, uh, if you've ever read this, it's a short little, a short little book. It's one chapter. And uh, Paul wrote this, and it, and it says this in verse 10. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. For perhaps, in verse 15 it says, for perhaps he departed for a, for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a, be a beloved brother, especially to me, but now much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So here Paul is writing to this believer named Philemon, who obviously, or, or, or as you read it, had this individual who was named Onesimus that at one point was a slave, was a slave to him. And uh, he ran away and ended up getting saved under Paul's ministry. Getting saved under Paul's ministry. And as Paul worked with him and he heard the word and all these different things, Paul's like, you got to go back. You're supposed to go back. You're not supposed to stay with me, although I'd like it because it would help me. But he's like, you're supposed to go back. And Paul tells, Ones uh, he tells Onesimus, uh, or appeals for Onesimus to Philemon and says, I'm sending him back, and guess what? He's profitable. Like, he's gonna, something's going to happen on your behalf and mine because of him, because he's been called up. He's starting to lock into what the Lord has designed him to do and to be, right? Because it says he's no longer just a slave. He took him from one thing, but now he's a beloved brother. He's in the Lord, 
And he's especially now uh, to me, but now much more to you, both in the flesh, like he can do physical things, but in the Lord. He brings a strength in the Lord, in the spirit, and that can happen a greater impact because he's doing what he's meant to do. Acts chapter 6, I love this story. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 say this. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They weren't saying that ministering food to people was not important. That's not what they were saying. So don't ever let anybody say we shouldn't care for people, we shouldn't you know, in the house and outside of the house, we should do that. That's not what they were saying. But as we read on it, it explains, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. See, the apostles understood their role, what they were supposed to do. They were like, we're supposed to pray, and we're supposed to bring the word of God. And you go like, well, that ain't much. It's more than enough because we, <laughs> you know, we need the preaching of the word of God. And not just something that like feels good. Like We need somebody that digs into the word of God and prays because that's how change happens. That's where it comes from. But they're like, this is what we're going to do. And so we need some other people to care for this part of the ministry. And... Uh, and it goes on in verse 5, and it says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. They were like, that makes sense to us. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and this is what they did. They prayed. They laid hands on them. They commissioned them and said, You are called to the ministry. This is what you should be doing. And this is what happened. After they did that, and they got these people into taking care of ministering to the physical needs of these people, this is what happens in verse 7. Then the word of God spread. Then the word of God spread. So up into this point, yeah, there's the, there's the, uh, the situation where, you know, it says 3,000 were added to the church, and there was daily people being added, but now the word spreads. It's like wildfire. It's like boom, boom, here it goes. Because... I, from the word, it says when they got into what they were supposed to do and each got to focus on what God had called them to do, had graced them to do, and had given them to do, then the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly. It wasn't just like, hey, we added a few, like, hey, today, you know, yeah, we had, we had one person say yes to the Lord, you know, or... No, like they're coming in droves. Like, wow, how many people today? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't, they can't even count it. They can't keep up because the word of God is spreading and the disciples are multiplying people coming to the Lord. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. You know, that tells me as people in the church lock into what the Lord has called them to do across all denominations, across all levels of authority and leadership, People are going to come to the Lord. They're like, I got to get on this. Like that, that testimony about being at uh, a business meeting, a business training, and they're talking about tithing. And what happens? They're like, 
can, can I do that? Like, how can I do that? What, you got to tell me some more about that. That's what happens when people lock into what God has called them to do. So people need to lock into their lane and level. And when that happens, greater impact. More can be done. Number five, and uh, probably most importantly for us to be aware of, is number five, the enemy opposes you. The enemy opposes you. God empowers you, though. So the enemy wants to oppose you. He wants to stop you. Why? Because the enemy knows that if you're doing what God has called you to and graced you to, it's, it's a threat to his kingdom. It's a threat to his agenda to bring, to tear down. But God empowers you. John 10.10, 10, you may be familiar with this, but we love this scripture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have a life and what? Just a little bit of life? Just going to get by? Just, it's going to be all right? Like we're going to, we'll make it? No, 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 no. He came so that you could have abundant life, so that you could flourish in what he has created you to do. See, the enemy wants to take you out. He wants to try and do whatever he can, throw at you sickness, disease, temptations, addictions, tendencies to go this way instead of that way, push you forward when you're not supposed to go forward, hold you back when you're supposed to go forward, right? All those things, whatever the enemy can do, he wants to do. Acts chapter 7, verses 58 uh, to 59, it says this, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him, this is Paul, and uh, the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. So right, this is right, this whole part about Stephen. Stephen, okay? He, right, we just read about him in chapter 6. He, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was, uh, he knew the word of God. He was dynamic in his ministry. And yet the enemy wanted to take him out. And so they took Stephen and says they cast him out of the city, they stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, right? We've already talked about Saul. Saul became Paul later on. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. See, the enemy was trying to take out people that were in the kingdom, that were going to great extents with the kingdom, and on plan, a little bit later, uh, just a chapter later, Acts chapter 2, or excuse me, Acts chapter 8, it goes on to say how Saul was consenting to his death, to Stephen's death. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Everywhere. See, what happened? The enemy is like, I'm, I'm going to take this Stephen guy out. And it's going to lop it off, and it's going to be done. And Stephen gets taken out, and what happens? Boom. It flourishes. It expands right then and there. Not ideal, not ideal circumstances, for sure, right? But the Lord takes it and uses it, turns it around for his purpose and his plan. And the word of God, it spreads. Acts chapter 12 uh, this is another, another instance in verses 1 through 3 where the enemy is trying to take people out. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Not only did he harass them, but he then 
he took and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So here's John. He's one of the apostles. Uh, the, Jesus labeled these guys, James and John, the, thuns of, uh, the sons of thunder, right? They were loud. They made a big noise wherever they went. They were like that bull in the china shop. They couldn't walk into something with pretty and nice because they would tear it down. But here, what happens is they took James and they killed him. And here Herod was trying to harass the church, trying to take it out. And then what happened then is then they go on further and he saw, man, this is good. And they went ahead and they grabbed Peter too. And they're like, we're going to put him in prison and we're going to go on and kill him too. And that's the enemy trying to take him out. But if you read, and not, not too much longer, Herod the king, he dies a cruel and brutal death but it's because he harassed the people of God and he tried to take the praises of men instead of giving it to the Lord. Colossians 1, 10 through 13, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Fruitful in every work. You say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Do it. Well, what do I do? Where do you work? I, I ring groceries at the grocery store. Do it with all that you have. Bless people as they walk by. Pray for them, even, even if it's under your bed. Do it wherever you're at, wherever God has placed you. Do it with all that you have, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father. I praise you, God. I thank you that you allow me to do this. We've been qualified to be partakers. And then in verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of life. See, God took us from one lane in one place, and he's put us on a new path. He has something new for us, a new way for us to walk. Finally, in Ephesians 4, verses 1 and a few other verses, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called. In verse 7, it says this, Paul says, but to each one of us, grace was given. Would you just say that with me? Grace was given. Grace was given. Like he's put something on you. He's put something on you. Grace was given to the measure of my abilities because I came from the right family, because I have it all together, because I'm slick, I went to school, I know, what does it say? It's according to the measure of Christ. Jesus gave grace to us, and it's according to his gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Jesus has given us gifts. And not just gifts, but he's given each of us a gift. And it goes on to say, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? That's one part of the puzzle. One part of the puzzle, right? But what is it all for? For the equipping of the saints. That's everybody. That's all of us. Well, I'm not a saint. Do you go to church? Do you love the Lord? Are you a believer? I am. You're part of it. You're part of it. Well, but I've done some bad things. Did you confess it? Did you lay it down? Have you accepted? Are you new? Yeah, I am. Okay. You're, you're part of it, okay? You, you've been called to do it. And it says this, we've all been called for the equipping of the saints for what? The work of the ministry, for the gospel, for the good news, for the love of Christ to be shown in us and through us. And it says for this, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And in verse, uh, uh, verse 16, it jumps down and it summarizes us 
uh, from whom the whole body from Jesus. So we're joined together in Jesus. We're knit together by what? Every joint supplies. Every joint. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. Just say, does its share. It does its share. Every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love, right? We, we hear that adage that, that, that it says many hands make light the work, right? If we do it all together, it goes a lot faster. And guess what? It's a whole lot more fun when we do it together. But this is an example where the enemy wants to stop us. He wants to prevent us. Because what happens when we lock in together? God empowers us, and there's greater impact. More will happen for his kingdom when we step in into what God has called us today. So today, I just have a question for you that you need to ask yourself. A question. It's got two parts. What's my lane? What's my level? What's my lane, and what's my level? And it's something that you can't really ask other people. I mean, they, they might be able to help you, like identify, like, you know, we could do that. Like, well, what are you doing? But ultimately, you got to go back to the Lord, to Jesus and say, what have you designed me to do? Who am I? Why, why am I here on this planet, on this earth? And what's my level? What, to what level in that lane am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to go after? So let's do this today. Can we open our hearts and we say, Jesus, to you, we're open to you. We want to know what you've called us to, and maybe we're already doing it, but you have another level for us. Or maybe we're coming up on something where, Lord, you're saying, I've got a new lane for you. I've got a new place. I've got a new sphere of influence where you can go and you can make an impact. See, the Lord has created each of us, and not only has he created us, but each of us have life experience. We have our family that we grew up in or didn't grow up in. And the Lord will use each and everything for his glory and for his purpose. So, Lord, today we say we're open to you. What do you have for us, God? And maybe for some of us, as we heard this last week in, in Brotherhood, it's like that picture of, a, of the radio station, AM and FM. Lord, you've called us to be an FM side of things, and we're over in the AM. We have a whole, we have to change over completely. But some of us, may, maybe there's just a little bit of static. Maybe you just need to fine-tune it to get right on to what you called us to. So we say, we, say to us, Lord, as we're learning about Fight Club and what it means that we don't wrestle against people, we're not fighting against people, but you've called us, Lord, to your glorious kingdom, to your glorious light. And Lord, we need to lock in and we need to be the people that you've called us to be, using the authority that you've given us. And so, Lord, we love you and we praise you today. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.